One of the best ways for us to build our leadership confidence is through diverse perspectives. On this Saturday cast, Kathy Fiddler shares how she discovered more confidence as her career grew into executive leadership. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 619. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders are born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. This is one of the Saturday casts. A few times a year, I air a Saturday episode that's a chat with one of our members, and the next regular episode is still coming on Monday. So this is a bonus episode. The Saturday casts are sponsored and brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. The Academy is a leadership development cohort of participant leaders who work personally with me to develop leadership excellence and empower each other. You can discover more and receive invitations about future opportunities to apply for the Academy by visiting Coaching for Leaders dot com slash academy. Today, I am so glad to welcome one of our Academy alums, Kathy Fiddler. Kathy is the Vice President of Population Health for Title Health, a nonprofit two-hospital healthcare system on the eastern shore of Maryland. She's been instrumental in building community programs, supporting improved access to healthcare services on the lower shore. Kathy is a registered nurse and a retired major in the United States Air Force Reserve. She served for 26 years in the United States and abroad and supported Operation Restore Hope, Operation Desert Storm, and Operation Enduring Freedom. She's also a lifetime member of the Reserve Officers Association and a board member for the United Way of the Lower Eastern Shore. In 2019, she was recognized as one of the top 100 women in Maryland, and she's also an alum of the Coaching for Leaders Academy. Kathy, what a pleasure to have you on. I am so glad to be here, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I have been looking forward to this conversation all week. It's always so much fun to chat with you. And when we last talked, we were we were talking about your journey as a leader. And as I mentioned in your bio, you've had just an incredible career, both in the military and, of course, now in the private sector. And you did a lot of work clinically, of course, early on in your career. And at some point, you started making that transition to more working not only in your actions, but also in your role as an executive. As you started making that transition, what was that like? Wow. It was exciting. There, there's a lot when you get named as a vice president. So that was exciting. But once you get there, once you get in any leadership position, I think there's all this unrest, all this unsureness, because you're not quite sure what your new role is. It It's hard. It's hard to have the confidence. It's hard to know as that shifting role. It's I was so good operationally. I knew my job. I knew what to do every day. And then to step back and let others do that was was really a challenge and something that I struggled with, which is really one of the reasons that I reached out to you in the academy because I had been listening to your podcast for so long and kept hearing about it. I thought maybe, maybe this is the time to just talk to some other people who might be feeling that same type thing and work with others who might give me some different perspective. And it's something that strikes me as something so many of us struggle with. I know I did being really good operationally or in our technical areas of expertise. And then all of a sudden, or gradually, we take on a role like you have and many of the roles you've been in where the work isn't really about the technical work, the operational work so much anymore. It's about 
the people stuff, the vision, the big picture. It's a really different job, isn't it? It is a really different job. And it's even from a, oh, well, every day I, I would get up and I would, I would, could say I took care of 20 patients or, you know, I got all of the services loaded on a plane to get to Afghanistan. But then as a leader, what are your goals and what can I rest my hat on and how can I even say that I'm impactful? So you really have to reset the way that you think because it's hard to come to work every day and feel that you've added value when when you're not able to see those super tangible things, those very granular things that you were seeing before in an operational role. You and I share something in that we are both introverts. How has being an introvert influenced how you lead? I think for me, one of the things is I do spend more time one-on-one with people because I find that large groups and lots of that large group work sometimes fatigues me. So getting to know people, working beside them, seeing how they how they work day to day is where I can learn a little more. I can be more curious and help to understand. But I've also started to learn that if people don't see you out in larger groups, yeah, you have to do it. And I, I've started to get more energy from those type of opportunities. So it's it's a little of both. Some of it's just developing a management style for me that lets me be one-on-one with people and get to learn them because that's how I like to engage with people the most. But the other part is knowing that I have to network and that I have to get out, get out of my shell, get out of my office, because that's what leadership is, is, is being seen, maybe, maybe physically present. I think Zoom, maybe on meetings in different ways, making sure you show your face versus keeping keeping just your name visible, but it is, it is really important. So it is, it's definitely a balance for us introverts, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. And there's something about, especially being in a highly visible role as both you and I are, that there's, as being an executive, especially, you really do need to step into some of those roles that may not be your personal preference as far as how you show up and kind of the typical the typical way you might show up like on a Saturday afternoon, like with your family. <laughs> and But there's an element of flexibility there that we all need. And I, I think like part of that experience, that practice, like helps us to do that just a little bit better. Yeah, I think the practice is what's really, really important. And some of the things that I do, some of my sort of tips and tricks that I've been learning in this executive role, if I know, say the the board, the board meetings that I have to go to, if I, I know I have to be at the board, I know I need I'm there to be president to provide information, but I'm not I'm not always confident that what I have to offer is is something valuable, or I'm just not confident speaking up in this large group because there's so many people in the room. So I'll have a meeting before the meeting. So I'll, for board meetings, I actually go either to the leader or to one of the other board members and ask them, what are you looking for? And and what traditionally has added value for you? And so I try to do one-on-one opportunities. I've gotten better at doing that sort of my meeting before the meeting, and it gets my head in a better place to really be able to bring my best self to those larger meetings where there's lots of people and make sure that I'm I'm able to step forward and and lean in and provide the in, the input that the team's looking for it with me as one of the team members. What a smart thing to do to leverage your strengths. I mean, one of the reasons I talk about strengths finder so often on the show is the assessment itself of course is good, but even more so the philosophy of rather than trying to fight ourselves on things of leaning into our strengths more. And I love that you do that of like, okay, I know I'm really like my natural tendency is to be more comfortable one-on-one. Let me do that as a starting point for a major interaction to 
ease me into it and to show up in a way that is really going to be helpful for me and for the organization. Super cool. Yeah. It's a learned talent because I I did show up in the beginning and I just was quiet waiting. I'm I'm like, nothing I'm going to add is going to add more value or the question I have in my head probably isn't everybody else has already figured that out. And when you when you actually talk to others, you realize we all have the same questions and similar to what we learned in the academy, although we have a huge diversity of teammates on on some of these academy groups that we have, we do often all make similar assumptions about things. So it, it's great that we can learn from each other and ask different questions and have, be a bit more curious, as you always say. Yeah, indeed. Well, and that that's a good lead in maybe to why you reached out initially. You would listen to the, by the way, how did you find the podcast? Uh, I don't remember if you've you told me. You know, I always am looking at leadership podcasts. So that's been always one of my things. And yours, I really think I was looking for leadership podcasts. And mm. I, I listen, I was driving two to three hours a day. Oh, wow. And yeah, in one of my jobs. So I, I got very good. And either I read it or one of my friends read it or had heard you and said, hey. And then I just kept listening because there's, just such a diversity of ideas of topics. They're short enough so that I could make it from one stop to another. So it just it had so many pieces that I really needed. And and I listened for probably six months and you kept talking about this academy thing. And then I said, I'm sitting here feeling this un unrest in my soul. I don't know any other way to say it that am I enough? Am I doing enough? Is this role right? How, how do I move along? And said, well, here's an opportunity for for perhaps me to learn to, and, and the other thing in leadership is it gets lonely. You don't have people to bounce those questions off of because you've got this large team look at you, looking at you for answers. And it was a great way to find some other folks who I could just bounce questions off and learn from. You told me more recently, I don't think you told me this at the time when you applied or when we started, but that you were concerned you might not add as much value as others showing up in the academy cohort. What were you concerned about? Well, because I had gone from this operational role that I was so good at to this brand new role that I didn't know. I didn't know how to navigate or thought I didn't know. And so I think I I just thought everyone was smarter, knew more about leadership, had it all together, which I think is typical of of new leaders. Oftentimes, as we have all these stories we make up in our head, and the truth of the matter is we're all kind of in the same place trying to navigate it. And there aren't aren't perfect answers to anything. So, Yeah. You are not the only person who's had that feeling. (laughs) In fact, we had someone a while back who had joined the academy and he was earlier in his career than some of the other folks in in the particular cohort that we were together with and he about 3 or 4 months in he said to all of us when i showed up i sort of assumed you all had this all figured out <laughs> this <laughs> leadership exactly and and now i realize like none of us have this figured out yes we all have our different strengths and our experiences but once you start talking about the actual stuff that's going on, the people challenges each day, the fears that we all have, the struggles that are coming up. It, it's it's fascinating how similar the issues are and also like how much we all struggle with it in similar ways, isn't it? It is. It is. It really... <laughs> It's the one refreshing part is because even though I, 
even though I have these challenges in my head and I'm, oh, perhaps everybody else has it together. I do have enough confidence now having done this for a couple of years and having been a leader to say, I know they don't. Everything objectively tells me that they don't have it any more together than I do. So why don't we figure out our way together? And it's, it is helpful to have some other people and to provide that objective evidence yeah. um, to help us along our way. Yeah, which is one of the big things that you've shared with me that was really a discovery in this process of just the value of perspective and diversity of thought and community in and and that making us stronger all as leaders. I, I think in, in an intellectual way, we all sort of know that if anyone asks us, you know, is, is good to have diversity of thought, of course. But in practice, it's really hard to do. And I, I'm curious what that journey was like for you coming into the academy and then where that went as far as that diversity of thought as we started our work together. Yeah, I, I think in the beginning, here I was, a new healthcare leader, and first nervous about who was this group. So the group introduces themselves, and we had an individual who would be leading the world games. We had an individual who lived, we had two or three individuals that didn't even live in the United States, and I'm here in the United States with my perspective. Yeah. We had an individual who owned her own company, which was a little unique, and then someone who was really looking to fast-track her career as a writer, as someone who, you know, a consultant who could, somebody running her own business. It was just fascinating how different we were, and so getting to hear that was beautiful. You're hearing where people are coming from, but then at the same time, sort of normalizing, like you said before, we really all have similar goals. We want to make an impact. We were all leaders who wanted, we were there because we want to improve ourselves and improve the communities that we're working and living in and interacting with. But it was it was such a beautiful thing to see that. What I loved about the academy was I bring certain assumptions because of the way that I've grown up in my career and profession, and every everybody else brought in their their assumptions, and that's where we lent our curiosity to each other, asking questions. I'm like, oh, that's a great question because I know this intimately, and you didn't. Oh, well, for me, I'm talking about patients, and for them, they're talking about a, an entirely different area, so they'd ask great questions, and I I loved what that diverse team of us brought to each other to help with some of the assumptions that we have. But at the same time, we're all trying to get to that part of really exceptional work with exceptional people and, and growing each other. So it was, it was almost like a wave. We were very different and we're trying to learn. And then we'd all sort of normalize that we were all trying to get to the same point in, in the different places we are. And then we learn a little bit more and, and broaden ourselves a bit more. I still have relationships with, with one or two of these folks because of this relationship we had at the Academy and the learning that we got to do together about each other. Yeah. Even though it's been several years since our cohort came together. Yeah. It's, and I think it's interesting that we, I mean, this is in some ways what we do with the Academy is different than what I think a lot of groups traditionally do. A lot of times it's, okay, let's bring together a group of leaders all in healthcare, or let's bring a group yeah. to get together all in technology. And I, I think there's a great place for that. I'm always encouraging our members, like, yes, I, by all means, do the organizational groups, do your industry groups. Like Those are really, really valuable to do. 
it's interesting, though, how often we end up in those conversations. You and I have been in those before, too. And we end up talking shop a lot because, of course, everyone's like kind of knows the industry and we're talking about current events and all that. And by getting out, really out of our industry perspective, like almost never do we have a cohort where we've got multiple people in the same industry. It really forces us all to talk about the people stuff, right? And leadership stuff, because we can't talk shop. And and, and it takes us a little more time to get going because we have to learn a little bit about each other's industries and perspectives. But you end up getting the kinds of questions that you'd never get in a industry group. And that's one of the things you shared with me is that in recent years, thinking about just the power of questions and curiosity and how that's been helpful to you. What's been helpful from that? For me, going back to growing up or operationally, and I think it's even in these when we work in these same cohorts with people who are similar, there's less to be curious about. So you don't get to those deeper questions about, so what were your thoughts walking into that meeting? And what were the problems you were trying to solve? And it allows you to just ask very different questions. So I find when people come to me, and this is such a new skill, I say new because I've since working with you in the academy, but I really say, help me understand that more. So tell me what that looks like for you. Even though I could make the assumption, say a nurse comes to me with a problem as another nurse, even though I'm going to think in my nurse hat that I know what she's talking about or he's talking about, I, I don't make that assumption anymore. I say, help me understand more. So what does that day look like? You say you're busy. What does busy look like? And help me understand how, how that impacts what you're able to do. Or you said that made you sad. And it's, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing to pause and not make an assumption and get more clarity because sometimes that story ends up going down a very different path and you're able to solve problems far deeper than you may have ever been able to solve before. Huh. So it's almost like there's an element there of what was there all along that we as leaders didn't hear because yeah. <laughs> we're not taking the time. It's all of us. I catch myself all the time, like not taking the time to like ask that follow-up question just to really be curious. And I think it's a really especially hard to do that when you have the operational experience and excellence in the work like you do to not just jump in and to assume and, and to make those to connect those heuristics together and like, okay, I know what's going on. Let me help. How did you what did you do to change your behavior on that? To to not jump in and probably a lot of times you knew exactly what was happening, but to actually ask some of those questions. Well, you did give us assignments during the academy. I so did. one of yeah. the thing, one of the things was I I said that I am a more curious person and I'm going to pause and ask one question, which was very hard for me, very hard for me to say that and write that down. But that was my goal. Every day I would ask one more question before I would give a solution. What was hard about writing that or saying that? <laughs> no, it wasn't the writing it or saying it, it was the actual doing it. So it ah. caused like, oh, I could write it. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm that. Check. It was the doing. It was the, because it, that that silence is painful. It's very painful. And now, now it's not. I And I will sit in rooms, as, even as a leader, say, wow, that was an interesting comment, especially if it's something that perhaps the rest of the group, the rest of the group seemed not to agree with. You could tell everybody's all in agreement. And then the one person has a dissenting, well, I don't think that's true. And I would have said, 
Well, they all said it was. That would have been my before this, but I would pause and say, well, that's that's a great different perspective. Tell us more about why you feel that way and give them the permission to to say that. And oftentimes that changed the whole decision in the room because I allowed that one person some time to probably an introvert, probably didn't like to speak up, but to have the permission and the safety to say something. And that's in a larger group. It's it's something I commonly do one-to-one and I'm a little better at it there. But I do find now as a leader, I, I love to call those people out in a, in a, in a beautiful, inviting way, because there's so much that they have in a perspective that oftentimes is not dissimilar for what, what the rest of the room is thinking, but they're coming at it from a different direction. So it does help sort of change, change the dynamic and change the decisions that get made. And then it's a better decision because we've unearthed some of the whys behind, behind where we're going and how we're getting to an end result. Yeah, it's interesting. I think back to our conversation about introversion that those who may show up with more of an introversion presence in the workplace, we don't often hear as much from. And creating that space that honors both types of personalities and everything in between, of course, that that by asking questions like you're opening that up to hear from everyone in in a very holistic way rather than just hearing from the most vocal people which which may or may not have the best idea right so like mm-hmm. getting everything out there by the practice of being curious and the practice of asking questions that that makes a big difference yeah and the the greatest tribute to my ability to do that is watching some of the leaders that I work with now do the same thing in meetings. I'm like, oh, ah. oh, look, look, it's working. And it, it's not even, it just, if you model that behavior, others do it because, because it is kind and it is holistic and it does honor each of us because there's so much beauty in what we all bring to conversations, but it, I still, it's still hard. It's still something I do write down intentionally in the morning, pause one more minute, breathe. Sometimes I just pretend I have to breathe whatever it is so that I don't stop some of that beautiful energy that's waiting there to, to become present in the room or in a meeting or on a one-to-one with somebody. The power of consistency really comes in here. It's not like we're trying to boil the ocean on any given day, but it comes down to like, hey, do I stop and think about this once a day to do that consistently, as you've been doing? It's, it's huge. Speaking of consistency and change, one of the things you had shared with me is that your confidence in interacting with other executives and other senior leaders changed in recent years. What did you? focus on what did you want to do differently and and how's that gone as you've done it? Yeah, what I I think I'm gonna go back to the academy just because it got me it got me sensitized to the fact that we're all we're all moving through this world with a lot of a a lot of stuff going on and a lot of of things that we're trying to improve at. So that was sort of the start. I do think my work to ask other people that I'm confident in as peers and things like that to say in these meetings, where are you thinking? Or, Hey, we just went to that meeting. These were the things like getting for me, going back to kind of what I do with the board meetings. I try to find those folks who say, Hey, we're going to this meeting today. I sort of have my meeting before the meeting to say, 
you know, you know me, what do you think I'm going to bring to this meeting and sort of getting their heads up about what I might, I know that sounds crazy, but I do that a lot because that just reinforces sort of the strengths that I do bring. And I'm not asking in a, oh, tell me what's so great about me, but hey, I'm a nurse walking into this meeting, or I'm a community member walking into this meeting. What do you think the folks in the audience are really looking for? What do you think? the And so, because sometimes I think my assumptions about what they want may or may not be what they want. Oftentimes it's just validating. I'm like, okay, I'm going in the right place. So it's sort of that, what do, what do I need to help people think? Or what are they thinking that I need to understand? What perhaps is the feeling in the room? So I've sought validation on the back end or or by talking to people. And some of it is just having the courage to walk in and just be there and and know that I that I belong. I mean, mm. I think sometimes we are, especially in introverts, we we walk in sometimes and we'd rather just disappear. Maybe maybe the meeting will be canceled, right? And we won't have <laughs> <Right>. to go. <laughs> we we were both talking before. <laughs> We got on that. I mentioned that when I have a big interview, like there's a part of me, and I think I mentioned this in a recent episode, that I sometimes just have the thought in my mind, like, well, maybe they won't show up. <laughs> and it's interesting, like how of all objective evidence to the contrary, like that's still that that fear still shows up for me a little bit, even after all these years, which is but but also good in a way like it's healthy that like no i want to i want to do a good job i now see that as a motivator that means i hope that i care and i want to show up and do a really good job but i also am not paralyzed by that it doesn't stop me and i hear you saying something really similar that okay that some of that fears there some of this is like me needing to step out of my comfort zone of what i might typically do if it was just me but it's also that doesn't stop me and it and i and i recognize the value in just flexing and engaging in with different kinds of people and diversity of opinion and thought like that that really helps us to do what we're all here to do especially in the organization you're in yeah and and shame on us if we don't lean in and really bring that value that we all have and i that's the that's the beauty of it is i i know that we have such talents, leaders, when we come into a room and when if we can be curious and we can help help bring our best self. And so I, I love that. And the other thing is, even though I'm a little nervous on the front end, oh my gosh, when I leave a meeting, even if I thought it was going to be more contentious, it often ends up being better than ever than it was. And I learn things about the organization, about the people that I work with, about the way that we can plan for success moving forward, or even about myself that are so valuable. And so taking that time, you know, at the end of every day and saying, what are the two or three things that I've learned? Tying that to some gratitude at the same time has been really helpful. So yeah, it's, it's just, but it is practice. It's, it's practice and it's using that objective evidence that's all around you instead of all the stories we could possibly make up in our head if we really wanted to. Yeah, indeed. You'd mentioned a few minutes ago just that joy of seeing those on your team, like following your example and some of the behaviors you've changed in that, being curious and asking questions. And I know one of the things that you're really big on and have been an advocate for is community and diversity and encouraging the people on your team to also find community and diversity of thought. What does that look like and what invitations do you make for people to do that? Yeah, I 
in my world, a lot of my work, especially in healthcare, is along health equity and equity of of just how is healthcare delivered. But when we translate that then to diversity of thought, we our teams and our community work so hard to try to make connections. And that that for me, I try to it's my strength. I don't think that I can negotiate a good contract and make lots of money with it. That's not my strength, but I definitely am a connector of people who have talents, but might not ever be in the same room together because they, they would be in these very separate worlds, whether it's their industry, whether it's where they live, whether it's their personal demographics. And so I do that a lot to get groups together, to be able to do some really wonderful things. And it's, it used to be uncomfortable for me because I'm like, oh, they probably wouldn't really like to know each other. But having having watched the success of this as a leader and having seen some of the wonderful connections that have been built through the work that I do, it it is one of my strengths that I really enjoy. And we we do have our community and what we're able to do and leverage as a healthcare system and as a convener oftentimes of many things is really starting to move the needle on on growing diversity in our community. We're slowly working to improve health equity in our community. And it's nice. It's just nice to see that and to have the courage to ask some of those questions, to say some of that stuff. I, you know, say some of the things that need to be said about, hey, we have some disparities here in what's going on in this community down the street or, you know, with a different disease state or or something like that. So to be able to say that out loud and say, what do you think? And who could we get together? And to get that diverse group together to solve the problem, it really ends up, it really, it, just like the Academy, a little uncomfortable at first, we all have to get to know each other. But at the end of the day, people coming together to really solve great problems is a wonderful thing to watch happen. Oh, it is. And it's part of what keeps me going. And so <laughs> motivated to do the work I do is, the the role you have and so many in our our members have of a significant leadership role the ability to discipline yourself to change your behavior and to be really intentional as you've done so consistently over the years really can make such a big impact in the lives of the certainly the organization but also in the engagement people have in the work and the joy that they find. In your case, like reaching out to so many community organizations, supporting equity across the region and how people seek healing. It's just really, I think that we we almost all of us in our community have that kind of the ability to really influence well. And it comes down to like, are we willing to just begin and start and to yeah feel a little bit of that discomfort? I wish there was a way to learn and change behavior without being uncomfortable. Boy, <laughs> uncomfortable. gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? And no one is aiming for discomfort. And yet it's like a really good indicator that we're growing when we, I mean, we don't want discomfort for discomfort's sake, but when you're doing something that you know you need to be doing and you feel a little bit of that discomfort and that fear, you know you're on the right path and you're doing something that's going to push you in a new direction. And even if you, even if it doesn't work, like how valuable it is for someone else to see, oh, wow. This person tried something and it didn't work. And I watched them struggle with it a bit. And I I want to be led by someone like that. I don't want to be led by someone who always seems to have it all together and has every answer and looks perfect. I I, I want to be led by someone that is real and showing up and trying new things. And it's just been such a great example of that. Thank you for all you're doing inside your organization and in the community. 
Thanks so much. One of my individuals I've been working with lately calls this lessons earned. And it was such a beautiful way because that is that discomfort. We're earning our lessons through that discomfort. And I love that thought is that's how we grow. Mm, Indeed. Well, you know, that's going to lead me to ask you the question I ask often at the end, which is what you've changed your mind on. As you've reflected on the past few years, being in this role, your own growth, what you learned in the academy, as you look back, what's something you've changed your mind on in the last year or two? <laughs> That's, uh, I love this question and it changes every day. If I had to tell Dave this today, but really what it is, you know, I say that, and we said at the beginning, as you become a leader, you know, oh, we're all trying to say, solve the same problems. But I do think we still stay in our, our lane. For me, it's healthcare, for a business, for someone else in another corporation. But today, the, even this morning driving to work, I was trying to solve a problem that was very new for me. It wasn't directly related to operational healthcare. And I'm like, oh, this is so hard. And then I, I stepped back and said, wait, I know how to solve these problems. It's really what's the barriers, you know, and I step back and I think we still forget that, you know, as we get to be experts in our fields and experts in, for me in healthcare, some of these things are lessons that we have learned that are translatable through all dimensions. And I, I'm always fascinated that I forget that sometimes. And now I think this morning, I'm like, I've got to stop. I really have changed my mind on thinking I can solve it with my healthcare mentality. I really need to step forward and think as a leader, I know how to solve problems through these. It was, it's just interesting. Every time I, I relearn this again and again and again. Kathy, thank you so much for the privilege to support you. And more importantly, thank you for the leadership that you provide in your organization and in helping us all stay healthy and all the work you've been doing over the last few years. So grateful for it. Thanks so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for what you bring to the this whole group through your podcast and your work. You have definitely changed the way that many of us think and made better leaders out of all of us. It's such a pleasure. Some of my favorite conversations over the years are these, the Saturday cast, because they're conversations with you, our members, our longtime listeners, and how you're taking what you're discovering from the podcast and putting it into practice. Several related Saturday casts that I'd recommend to you if this conversation with Kathy was helpful to you. One of them is episode 429, Create Margin Through Intentional Leadership. Amy McPherson was my guest on that episode, also an alum of our academy. Amy is the owner of an accounting firm and an entrepreneur who has done some incredible work over the years to really not only create a very successful organization, but also to grow her own leadership and creating more margin in her work and being able to look at the big picture. She talks in detail about how she did that in episode 429. I'd also recommend episode 436, Personal Leadership is a Journey, as we talked about in this conversation. Michael Holiday was my guest on that episode. Michael is seen senior officer in the United States Air Force, talked about his experience and his journey of personal leadership, also how he's used a number of the resources we've talked about and lessons on the podcast over the years to lead his team, episode 436 for that. And then finally, I'd recommend episode 474, another alum of our academy, Elena Kornoff. She talked about leading best 
by being you. Such an important message for all of us and how we lead. It all starts with personal leadership. Elena is the owner and entrepreneur of a firm that is growing in the food and beverage space. She talks about that experience of starting from the very beginning, starting to lead team members as the business continues to grow, episode 474 for that. All of those you can find on the coachingforleaders.com website. And if you haven't before, I'm inviting you today to set up your free membership at coachingforleaders.com. That's going to give you access to the entire library of episodes searchable by topic all the way since 2011. And one of those topic areas are the Saturday cast. So if you'd like to hear more from our members, Academy alums, listeners, go over to the episode library, click on Saturday Cast. You'll see all the past conversations we've had over the years, many, many dozens of conversations that will directly link back to what you're doing in your work right now, plus tons of other benefits inside of the free membership. If you haven't done that already, take a few minutes to register on coachingforleaders.com. Start looking around the free membership. You'll see a lot there that will help you to be able to get started and do a bit more. And if you're looking for a bunch more, I'd invite you maybe to look at Coaching for Leaders Plus. It's going to open up a ton more benefits for you. One of them is access to our topic guides. That is a process of me actually walking you through what are three or four episodes you should listen to in order with commentary from me on the top experts on a very specific topic and discussion questions, key points, a video from me, lots more inside the topic guides. If that's of interest to you to find out more about, go over to coachingforleaders.com slash plus and see if it might be the right option for you. And the next regular episode comes up on Monday. I'll be back with you then welcoming Sally Helgeson to the show. She's going to be showing us how to respond when you get triggered. Join me for that conversation with Sally on Monday and have a wonderful weekend. Take care.